0: about the the methods of research they use and the the conclusions, a lot of it's really shaky. Um, If, you know, they fear, for example, that controlling certain energy waves or listening to a certain type of music or rhythm or whatever um, is is occult, it's usually because they're afraid of it or they have some theory that this is how music affects you, um, and um, they tend to associate the occult with some thing or feeling or, or impulse or whatever. Um, the, the Bible actually talks about the occult in, in much more specific terms. Um, you know, when a demon possesses somebody, it, it actually drives them to certain conditions like, that they can't help, like throwing them into a fire. Or, uh, you know, there's, there's all kinds of, Um, real possession is like that. Other than that, you have oppression, which is a general condition in which the occult is involved all the time anyway. When you're sick, you're oppressed. When you're sinning, you're oppressed. When you're in a fallen condition, you're oppressed. We don't know exactly what the role of Satan is, but we do know that um, one little word will fell him, and that uh, if we flee from him, if we resist him, he'll flee from us and that we're not, we not—we don't um, have to worry about our control going. So those are two very different types of things. And the literature that I've read uh, in music, uh, I think I'm up to date pretty much on all that's been said and done. And there is no evidence whatsoever of, of an occult influence. Now, that doesn't mean that Satan doesn't use it in the life of a young pe- pe- person who Who's pretty tempted by drugs anyway, and goes to a rock concert, and drugs are passed around. It doesn't mean the music doesn't help him, you know, numb his spirit because music's very powerful. But I wouldn't, to me, I wouldn't call that any more satanic than, um, you know, um, somebody in the streets of Harlem taking heroin. You know, I mean, it's not such satanic in the in the sense that you have this creepy spirit getting into your system, making you do things, you know, that you you uh, otherwise could control. Um, So I just, when you say it's definitely satanic, if if you mean by that in the history of it, there are practitioners who were, in their mind at least, quite connected with spirits, sure. But does that mean that it's connected today? Then I'm less sure. I'd like to see some hard evidence. Okay. What were the symptoms? No question about it. What were the well, I have questions about it, so what are the symptoms? Okay. <laughs> well, they were, so I'm just saying, that's yes, my well, concern. But I question your diagnosis of what happened to you, I guess I would say. I don't question your experience for a minute, because we've all had experiences like that, but I think I would question the way you've classified and identified things. Um... You might be sure that uh, the ability to know somebody else's need um, was, you know, occult or something. But uh, I, I'm not, and uh, no, 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 no. yeah, no. Uh, this is yeah, it's a big world we're opening up. But yeah, but it's it's important. Yeah, it does not happen with all temptation. <laughs> if I um, enjoy art and I go to an art museum, but I find myself spending more and more time in the art museum, uh, is it possible that Satan is involved because I look at p- landscapes and I'm I'm spending too much time with it. I've become I've become obsessed with it. It becomes my idol, and it was something perfectly good painting landscape, which turned to an obsession because I um, let it uh, become a lust for me. Now Satan is surely involved in that, but not in some you know. You know I, I'd want to be there and measure that. You know, that, sure. See, I, my qu- I question uh, lumping all attempts to become passive in t- t- together. I, I quite agree that there are you know, groups and voodoo people and so forth who, whose techniques of invoking demonic powers are so uh, extreme and so well tried that I have no doubt that demonic powers take advantage of that. Have a lot of trouble bridging from that to, a, you know, all the different things we all do all the time, whether they be fairly ritualized or not, to to block to blank ourselves out. You know, people, you know, and and call that an opening to an occult power in any different sense than just good old temptation, which is uh, it's awful, but it's it's something that everybody experiences. I I think that. We, the Bible does not give us, it seems to me, a picture of this kind of um, identifiable battle with with uh, forces and, 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 and stuff like that. Even the even the language of Ephesians six is not, I don't think, best understood as this, this sort of force against force type of thing. Um, and it gives us much more of a of a, a moral involvement, much more of a of a of a posture that involves our our uh, our obedience and disobedience to to, to God's law, and uh, you know, I, I became a Christian in the '60s, and I, I I'm very familiar with a lot of what you're, how you're expressing this. And I've, over the years, it seems to me that I have misdiagnosed some of that experience. Not the experience wasn't real enough, but that I've misdiagnosed it. And um, in general. Though there are exceptions, and I do believe that there's such a thing as demonic possession. and I certainly believe that there are r- ritual groups that that you know are successful at, at at getting in touch with things but those to me are 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 exceptions uh so with the, with those significant exceptions, the general picture i think is 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 more one of oppression in general and obedience and disobedience on our part uh, and and that of course includes the fact that we part of our uh, our disobedience is becoming passive when we shouldn't, or letting ourselves in for things that we shouldn't. You know, letting myself go shouldn't do that. Getting drunk would be a good example of that. But it's it's no different than. Um, uh, becoming handing the authority of myself over to somebody else for some other purpose you know and one of the I think one of the difficulties I have with some of these alternative medicines is that it does um, tamper heavily with uh, the, the uh, autonomy of my person and to that extent I think I have to be very careful to be sure that they're doing something legitimate um, some of them on the other hand have a lot of good to offer um, and though they come from traditions that we don 't know much about, and though those traditions may have thought they were doing occult things and may indeed have been doing occult things, that doesn 't make them wrong for me um, and um, you know i 'm sure when Scotty Reston was in China getting acupuncture, probably some of the Chinese doctors who administered it to him thought there might have been something odd and occult going on. I think they were wrong, but that the 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 euthanasia worked anyway for reasons that are still not clear to Western medicine though they're becoming more clear with study and and it was it was in his case something that I think a Christian could do in good conscience <laughs> well, I, well, I, I just I don't know yeah it. just I have to study. yeah these are difficult areas and um, you know they're ba- based on different models of spirituality as does disobedience in general, my only question is whether we should be maybe less worried about the, the proportion of Satan and the proportion of my disobedience than we should just be about let's become obedient. That, that's my only concern. I, I think it is a, a temptation for, for Christians to attribute certain things to the presence of a demonic spirit. Which may or may not be there, to be sure, when in fact, we ought to be working on am i am I obeying am I trusting, am I working this th- thing out uh with the Lord um, we we acknowledge and are realistic about the role of the invisible powers. I think that's important, but going beyond that to being able to say, well, you know. It's here and not there, and it's doing this and not that. Uh, I'm not sure we can. We can. I'm not sure the Bible gives us that kind of picture. But um, it is a, it's a huge area, and it involves a, you know, a, a kind of model of, of spirituality, which, um, you know, is um, is different for, for, for different persons. There is a tendency in some reformed camps to be so materialistic that they don't acknowledge the role of invisible powers. I think that's just as wrong. You know, they fear that reality so much that um, they uh, would have a hard time identifying an answer to prayer or a miracle or a healing or whatever. And and I I think that's the other extreme. Um, But this is a... This is an issue I think that will come more and more into prominence. Um, we were saying, Laura, uh, in the first hour that um, the the baby boomer generation is not only a major consumer of all kinds of health care, but is particularly open to um, alternative forms because of its uh, social and cultural background, you know, uh, and problems with authority and... and um, Needing attention and, and wanting to have um, um, people spend a lot of time with them, and things that uh, Western medicine doesn't always do as well as it should. Um, and we were also saying that um, Western medicine is is very good in crisis situations, but it needs to work more on preventative and health education and uh, creating a health environment, um, which is the apparent strength of some of these alternative forms, though I, I believe they have a lot of limitations, as a matter of fact. Um, this uh, friend of ours, in ex, my colleague, he, he's actually now the apologetics professor there, has an amazing life story. He, uh, he grew up, his, his father was a policeman in Marseille. And uh, he grew up in pretty tough neighborhoods, and um, he was uh, reached by a branch of the Tibetan Buddhists who had a monastery right outside of Marseille. Some of them were actually, most of them, from Tibet, and some were just white, you know, Western people who had become attached to the movement. And he, at the age of 11 or 12, he, he joined this group, and he spent eight or nine years with them, and he became a Lama doctor which is um, quite a discipline. I mean, you have to study for years and years and be uh, a real expert on anatomy and and all these things, but in their tradition. And um, when he became a Christian, at first he kind of renounced the whole thing as just being garbage and wrong, and he kind of went into a more Western view of everything. But then in recent years, he's been toying with the idea that perhaps there are some things of value to this and um, uh, he uh, he tries it, he practices some of this stuff on his family and himself and on his friends and so on and uh, we finally had to tell him at the seminary look we don't think it's wise for you to to do this you know in, in this country we have medical associations, we have exams, we have uh, degrees, and uh, if you want to practice medicine, you probably better go through the way we do it. Um, for one thing, if, if you did anything that was, uh, that was wrong, uh, you're opening yourself up to uh, being pursued, and then for another thing, your job is a theological professor and not a doctor, and uh, you ought to make a decision what you are. Um, and he accepted that, but uh, There was always these two sides, which, you know, um, have we forced a Western paradigm on this person who had a lot of valuable insights from his own position, or um, were we, you know, correct in uh, discouraging it? I think that simply represents where we're at. I, I think very cautiously, and with a lot of study, we will be able to find out the, the virtue of, of some of these forms and maybe incorporate them. And there are more and more doctors who do a kind of synthesis of, of, of all these different things. You know, uh, They may med- major in allopathy, um, but they are minor in some of the others. And I, I think that's the way it's going to move, but you have to be extremely cautious because um, there's a lot of nonsense, a lot of over-enthusiasm, a lot of really crazy therapies, as, as we were saying. I was saying, um, Laura, I know what your view is in this. I was saying that um, macrobiotics uh, is, is a therapy that gives me a lot of problems. Um, the record is not good um, as a, a cure or even to help people with minor things, because it, it screws up your diet so much. Um, and it may be appropriate for um, Japanese fishing folk who you know, are already well attuned to this, but it's probably not very good for most of us. And there's some really crazy therapies now. Hmm. Okay, um, well let me, let's just, I'll try to be very brief about this last part, but um, we want to say a little bit about creating a good health environment. Um, and I guess some of this we've said by implication. Uh, it happens, it's amazing. I guess here's the Holy Spirit's timing of things, but it happens that our country is, is very actively reflecting on, on this. Um, and um, As you know, uh, Wofford uh, won the senatorial election very easily in this state, m- mainly because he was able to uh, get, gather the sympathy of voters uh, on, on health care. There were other issues as well, but healthcare care was, was one of the big ones. Um, a recent um, cover story in Time magazine um, shows the, uh, the incredible growth of health expenditures and the and yet at the same time the greater and greater number of people who have no access to health to decent health care um, in the typical journalistic way they point out that um, The annual dose of human growth hormone for a child with severe deficiency is $20,000. Coronary bypass surgery for a 50-year-old, $49,000. Cost of a Bufferin tablet for a patient in a psychiatric hospital, $3.75. Price of a modified radical mastectomy, $7,900. One day's intensive care for a crack baby, $2,000 a 50-minute session with a psychotherapist, $160, um, and uh, a a C-section baby delivery, $7,500, and so on. Um, Then again, I don't know, I I sometimes wish that I could be a statistician. This is wonderful stuff. Americans spend $23,000 a second on medical care. That's over $2 billion a day. Or, seven, thirty-three, seven hundred and thirty-three billion a year, uh, and that has doubled what was spent seven years ago, um, and there's been an an increase of ten percent or more in the last couple of years. Um, for the federal government, medical um, costs have been the fastest growing major item, and uh, so this is this is just a huge area. Um, and um, the, the, other, the, down, well, the other downside, there's a lot of downsides of it, the, another downside of it is that um, we devote, a, as a country, um, 12.3% of our gross national product to health care. Uh, it was only 9% in, in 1980. In, if we continue at this rate, within 20 years we'll be spending a third of all our resources on medicine. And um, there is, uh, as well, uh, a lot of wastage, probably. It's hard to know how to evaluate this, but it it is possible that overzealous testing, unnecessary surgery, and other kinds of medical waste account for over $100 billion a year. Um, Insurance companies, claim that they are losing over $60 billion a year on uh, thieves, cheaters, or just evaders. Um, um, At the same time, um, a lot of people aren't getting proper care. It's a very odd situation. Um, People um, are in the midst of plenty, but they're starving for, for care. About. One out of nine American working families, which is 37 million people, have no insurance at all, no medical insurance at all. One in nine working families, that's 37 million people have no insurance. Um, most of the uninsured are families of workers in small firms um, that don't, uh, don't offer coverage. Um, and among the uninsured are 8 million American children growing up without adequate medical and dental care um... and then there's a lot of other things. 17% of Americans suffering from diabetes or high blood pressure are, are going without treatment and, and, and so on. Now, Medicaid exists to insure people who cannot pay for coverage and as you know each state works out the the allocations and how it's going to be applied um, and though this costs two point three billion um, in the very first year of its inception and now it's it's something like sixty five percent more than that um, still um, it can barely afford to keep up with the need um, it's the fastest-growing spending program. Um, next year, they predict it will dispense 158 billion in federal and state funds. And um, in fact, Medicaid pays for over half of the people in nursing homes. Uh, you have to I think you have to have less than is it, 20,000 dollars or less than 16 to, to, to deserve it? Maybe it's less than 20 a year. For everything, yeah, so it's, it's limited. So, and that's a lot of money for this, this limited thing. Um, and um, it's considered not very efficient. Um, and this, and then there's Medicare, of course, which is um, for everyone uh, over 65. And um, the, the question that both of these raise, and that's the question that was in our reading, Um, is, what is a fair solution for obtaining aid, uh, for getting health care, for access to health care? Is it merit or desert? Um, According to this, um, you have um, people who deserve it because either they can't afford it or... uh, because they're in, in family situations where it's um, not pe- possible uh, otherwise um, um, and love requires you to to go according to the to to the need now um, another uh, another kind of uh, basis would be according to what you contribute to society that's something of what we have now in a way because the wealthier you are the more you contribute tax money to society and the less you know you're going to get um, Yeah, and that that proportionally. not proportionately right that's right since reagan's tax reforms that's, that's no longer true is it the very wealthy still don't pay more than a third um, whereas they could have paid up to eighty or ninety percent so that's 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 true but the 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 middle group and the lower group certainly um pay, um, contribute to society in that way. Of course, then it, uh, uh, then you have the other questions like, should a, a just society simply give you according to your need, whatever your contribution is, and how do you define need? Is the Christian approach nobody should get sick, and if they do that's a need, and so because you, nobody plans to get sick, nobody means to get sick, nobody should get sick, uh, the society n- needs to give health care um, to, to everyone. Um, interestingly, uh, well, every state in the, in the United States uh, finds, try, is trying to find ways to, to d- define this question. Hawaii recently decided to um, give universal coverage and it reaches 98% of its residents. Florida, New York, Michigan, Maine, and Wisconsin um, actually subsidize health insurance coverage for the poor. Uh, One of the most interesting uh, recent uh, innovative states is Oregon. Um, Oregon is asking the U.S. government to approve changes in Medicaid rules to provide a limited list of medical services to all people below the poverty level, regardless of their current medical status, Medicaid status. Um, And also in in Oregon's comprehensive health plan, all employers are required to provide health insurance for full-time employees and obliges insurance companies to renew those policies without excluding individuals considered too risky. Uh, Oregon also guarantees um, that doctors and hospitals are reimbursed for their services but they have to justify their purchases of costly medical diagnostic equipment. Um, the most controversial uh, part of, their, um, of Oregon's thing um, is a list of 709 medical conditions and their treatments. And how are they ranked? According to their seriousness. Uh, and uh, well, not just according to their seriousness, but according to the likelihood of a cure. Uh, Or I think the wording is something like, according to the likelihood of restoration to long-term good health. Um, In effect, they're promising to provide universal coverage in exchange for a system of um, financial uh, subdivisions. A child gets a liver transplant. A chronic alcoholic will not. An AIDS sufferer will get treatment in the early stage, but in the terminal stage only gets comfort care. Uh, uh, the so-called heroic measures, or burdensome measures, uh, are not being paid for. Uh, for example, life support systems for babies born after less than 23 weeks of gestation who weigh less than 500 kilo or 500 grams. Uh, will not will not get it uh, so called self curing ailments um, like the co- getting a cold or, or food poisoning uh, sprained ankle and so forth or rashes will not are not covered um, and uh, a patient who needs spinal disc surgery, which is number five eighty eight on the list uh, May not may not get their coverage because it's so far down, um, and time. This has not been in in in, uh, in place very long, so time will tell how effective it is. Um, it has a lot of critics, of course, but it has a lot of supporters. Um, the The Children's Defense Fund, for example, is very critical for obvious reasons, um, and um, they figure it's it victimizes. The poorest children, um, but the uh, protagonists think that um, uh, even though the, there's some arbitrariness in that in the uh, in the pecking order, um, it, it's it's pretty good on the whole. It ref- reflects international opinion, and um, it um, it incur- it stimulates the economy to some extent, and it encourages people. Not to be hypochondriacs and so on. So um, it, it'll be interesting to see how it how it comes out. Um, but in any case, this I think raises the question for Christians, and it's raised in this this long article we read by Outka, um, as to what is um, right and and, um, and and just care. Um, and uh, again, I think our position would have to be that. Um, We we have to measure justice in terms of of everyone's participation, not in terms of affordability. Um, However, uh, we're never going to have a world in which everybody's going to be the same. We'll never have a world in which there are no rich. You can't legislate equality. Um, You will have rich people who can always find ways to get better care, and you'll have poor people who will never have quite the adequate care you can. But I think you have to strive for it. Um, the, the HMO principle is one attempt to, uh, uh, to, to do this, which I, I think probably makes a lot of sense, though it's, it has its flaws. Um, but it, the idea is that there's a, a network of, of health maintenance organizations, uh, which, include, which encourages doctors and hospitals to be cost conscious but should encourage patients also not to be so demanding. Um, and um, the services provided should be, on average, more moderately pr- uh, priced. Um, I believe that um, having patients have a financial stake in the system um, is, is probably a, a, a good thing, uh, but that they should only pay on the, the basis of their ability to pay as well. Um, at the same time, I think any society which engages in this in HMOs without educating, without teaching what is involved, um, is not going to work. As a matter of fact, I don't think society without a religious underpinning, as par- as a central part of that education, can 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 work either. I think there's got to be um, some way in which the um, the the center of cultural authority of a society is not regulated by cost and... Uh, hello. My well, apologies for being late, but I tried to make it here once a semester. Ah, this is amazing. <laughs> well, you've got 10 minutes of the uh, class to go. We, we, we're discussing uh, uh, general health care uh, and creating a good health environment. And my, my last point is that um, uh, there, there's some virtue in the HMO approach, but that no approach that's based on finance alone or, or market alone or um, fairness to the poor alone and so forth is going to work unless there's a cultural authority, uh, which I think has to be a Christian one, to, um, to, to be a, a basis for um, teaching about the principles of justice and care involved. As a matter of fact, I don't believe you can legislate care. You can legislate uh, against certain gross abuses You can legislate to some extent to encourage, to give incentives uh, to keep costs down and to make people responsible for themselves and so on, but you can't legislate care. That's something that you need to teach, that's something that you need to be convicted of, and that's something ultimately only the Lord can do. Um, uh, We lived in a socialist country for many years, which worked pretty well. They had a national health plan, um, but they find, of course, there, as they do in any national health care, that um, people lack motivation. They lack the spontaneous um, care and uh, love uh, for, for others that would alleviate so much of the problem. And one of the symptoms in, in modern France, and it's true of many advanced countries in the West uh, that are going in a socialist direction, is that charitable causes, voluntary associations, uh, and volunteers, period, are simply disappearing. Um, uh, you, uh, you take the principle of justice and you, you abstract it from the principle of mercy and love, and you get people who always want something for something, and never uh, will they do it for altruistic reasons. Um, and so we were stunned when we went to France our kids wanted to volunteer in the hospital, you know candy stripers we used to have here and, and all that don 't have volunteers they don 't exist they 're all paid. you cannot work for free there and um, and it 's not a concept if you do they think you 're trying to get something or manipulate somebody or, or you know um, and um, that I think is that is the is the downside, so I think we can we must redress these terrible imbalances that I talked about Uh, uh, the the increasing costs, you know, it's just unbelievable and the, that list in Oregon probably makes some sense and we must make care available to poor people and be less uh, wasteful and so on, but the bottom line is that we're not going to be able to um dictate um the kind of compassion that is required if we are going to have a, a, a generally good health environment. We can do a lot short of that, but we can't, um, we can't replace what only compassion can give. And compassionate people uh, can only uh, exist in an environment where Christianity and the grace of God are, are, are taught, and I don't want to oversimplify this at all. But I, I think that's the only, um, the only long-term answer to some of these these problems. And um, so here we are, back to, back to biblical principles all over again. Um, got five minutes. Does anybody want to respond to any of this? We didn't really talk much about the reading we um, on this this time. Um, if you want to go back to anything on the course, that's fine as well. It's interesting the readings here in this section go back to the very beginning of our considerations about what's, what is health, what's the concept of health, um, and uh, you know we're, we're back to, to basic principles even though we've gone far afield. Would you... I mean, I think it's one thing to say that there are injustices and that indeed people who deserve it, uh, because they made the wrong decision to take drugs or to you know expose themselves to something like that are suffering and aren't getting care and and why should we give them sort of handouts that, that you know we can't give to others? It's another thing to say that a system of, of, of welfare, flawed as it is, um, is to blame for the indigence of all the people in big cities and so forth who, who, who are having problems. Um, I, I think that there are many, many other causes besides the fact of a welfare system in place that explain uh, why there's a lot more illegitimacy than there used to be. And some of those causes include factors that people really couldn't help, at least directly. I mean. I think you can you don't want to slip from a proper biblical view that people who do things wrong you know deserve punishment to an improper view that everybody who has who suffers is in it because they 've done something wrong there are There are circumstances there are there are victims of of, of things that you know they really uh, weren't directly responsible for that may, um, you know, that, that, and that, I guess another way of saying this is that when we do acts of mercy, if we ask too many questions, we may get into the business of sorting out people who, who deserve grace from those who don't, um, and, and I don't want to be naive, because I know about the poverty you're talking about, some of it is very self-inflicted, but I also don't want to be... Uh, I don't want to dip over into the cruelty of assuming that everybody's there because they, they've made an act of the will. Um, sometimes you hear in sermons, and maybe it's a little simplistic, but, you know, the, the Good Samaritan, he didn't first ask the guy, you know, what had led to his being left in the lurch. Uh, you know, he just helped him. And... Uh, I know you don't want to be naive because there are people who are left in the lurch for their own because of their own fault even then you should try to help them but if they finally just won't accept it well then you got you got a problem so i guess i just want to balance that out when you have justice and mercy together it should balance there's the situations you know you can't have a society a just society uh where people are getting away with things all the time and uh, as an act of their will, that's un, unjust. On the other hand, you can't just function with with uh, the demands of, of the law and, the, and justice. You also, because then you'll get into a legalistic situation where you're forever trying to figure out who deserves it and who doesn't, and there will be no um, uh, there'll be no room for grace. You also need compassion, which may make a lot of mistakes. You know, we um, we may send a lot of uh, uh, guilty people, uh, you know, out on the streets, but w- it, it's better to err on that side, and uh, and uh, you know, when somebody comes in suffering, um, if you ask too many questions, you can you can dip over into cruelty. That's a, sort of a very general thing. But anyway, so I agree with what you're saying. that There are, there's a category of poor people who, it's really self-inflicted and uh, after a while, you're casting pearl before swine, for sure. They just don't want, don't want, don't want. Well, you can't just force them to be better, you know. Um, but you wouldn't want to say that in such a way as to lack compassion for those who, who are there for reasons that are more complicated than that. man that. Right, I agree with that. There's, nobody has a right to, uh, you know, get something but that. But that is the mentality, of there is some mentality like that, yeah. The homeless advocates and the age advocates and all those, I think they have a right to demand. Yeah. So, some do and some don't. I, don't, I mean, uh, I, I've been in both situations where I think the person is making unfair demands and situations where the person is really a victim. And uh, I would just hate to have, I'd hate to have them all lumped together, I guess. Uh, you know, when I traveled in the third world, I saw situations there where it's pretty hard to um, identify that person as something that the person deserved. Sure, in Adam, we all deserve you know, what we're getting. And, uh, and poverty breeds all kinds of horrible things, so that they do things that are bad and wrong, and there's crime and all that. But, uh, but most affect a good life. Yeah. I don't know, my son's in school in Harlem now, and we walked around Morningside Park the other day. I don't know how much opportunities those people have they would if they had our souls because we are we're nice people who you know have been brought up right but they they don't have our souls cuz they've been in that in that jungle for a long time and uh it's hard to it's hard to think of that as as you know I mean it's hard to go in there and say well, you can get out of this if you really want to unless a lot of other things are done seems to me I'm not a socialist believe me but I I have seen